What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human beings too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how many years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual combo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. We are so grateful that you're here. So if you enjoy this podcast and want to connect further, we invite you to follow along on Instagram at what the actual fork pod and subscribe rate and review our podcast. So we can continue to share this message with more and more people. Now let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of the, what the actual fork podcast. Jenna, I've been spending the last few hours with you. So I don't even need to ask you how you're doing because you're probably hungry and tired. You know, I had a, um, a smoothie door dashed during our marathon today and delivered by Matt. Thank you, Matt. Um, and it was delicious. So I feel good on the hunger scale. I added like so many things to it that the smoothie costs an absurd amount of money. But like we've talked about before, sometimes that is worth it. <laughs> because otherwise Sometimes. I wouldn't have eaten. Definitely is. Between our two, so we recorded two episodes today. Between our episodes, I was munching on a bar because I was like, okay, I had lunch before. Bar between, this is like truly a marathon of podcasting today. But how cool to think about our old diet culture selves that would be like, oh, we're sitting in a chair for hours at a time. We don't need food. And now we're like, Okay, for our brains to function properly, we Let need me to spend twenty five dollars on a smoothie every, <laughs> every single minute of these hours to make sure that we can drop all the knowledge bombs and be present for these amazing conversations. And they really were. I mean, today's episode was today's second episode, I should say, um, was really about a lot of topics that we haven't covered before, and we more recently have had a couple men um on the podcast but i i really love speaking with men in this space because they just bring a different perspective to the conversation that like we just we really not that we can't talk about it but we can't relate to it right in the same way that they can and that they can share their personal experiences um and i was definitely a powerful conversation today about men's health in general men's disordered eating body image intuitive eating in our guests words as a bloke in the space um <laughs> gives a little color as to where our guest is from um and then in his words he said being a bloke in this space surrounded by fitspiration and diet culture, which, you know, from a male perspective, what their feeds are flooded with, it's very different from ours, but not at the same time. Yes. So we had the amazing Johnny Landells on here, or was it, hold on. He said it was like candles. So how Landles. do you say it? Landles. I, I wrote it. His name I wrote it phonetically on our form for you. <laughs> Johnny, don't be mad at me. Um, but he's, he's like, a musical. Fine. 
a music loving craft beer enthusiast who also happens to be an anti diet disordered eating coach who uses intuitive eating counseling and motivational interviewing to help his clients break free from food and body obsession and improve their health and their physical fitness. Uh, and we kind of talk about Sam's what the actual fork moment in the episode today. So Correct. we're going to leave it there. Um, I have many, but they're too long to, to introduce <laughs> in this moment right now. So I'm going to have to leave you guys with that. Um, and we will bring it into the conversation next time. <laughs> yes. I feel like we need to create, because I'm sure this happens to you too, Jenna, on my Find Food Freedom page, I have people DMing me what the actual fork moments all the time. <gasps> so maybe we need to open up, whether it's a question box weekly or something on the what the actual fork pod Instagram, where people can send us their what the actual fork moments Smart. of the week. So we can continue to feature not only our own, but others, because sure, sure as hell, we all know that we're getting bombarded with them every single day. So true. Well, without further ado, you guys enjoy this amazing episode with our guest, Johnny Landles. <laughs> <laughs> so Jenna, as you know, because I can't stop talking about it, I got home from Denver this past week seeing Taylor Swift and to and fro Denver, I had a four hour flight and you bet that I was wearing my cozy earth joggers that I just got because there is nothing worse than traveling on an airplane. I was also in the middle seat, like total rookie mistake when you're uncomfortable. And so wearing my cozy earth joggers, I couldn't have my bed sheets with me on the plane, although I desperately wanted to. Um, wearing my cozy earth joggers on the plane made the middle seat doable. And then on the way home, I was in my <laughs> aisle seat and I wore the same cozy earth joggers and, and my oversized Taylor Swift merch. And it was so comfy and cozy earth just did it again, made my experience that much better. There's nothing cozy earth can't do. I am absolutely <laughs> a huge fan. Um, and I too ordered the exact same outfit. <laughs> Twins. I'm absolutely loving the way that they feel on my body. They're just so cozy. The joggers and the oversized t-shirt together are even great in the summertime because they don't make me sweat. They make me feel super comfortable and cozy as in the name. And we highly recommend them. So cozy earth provided an exclusive offer for our listeners today. That's 35% off site-wide when you use code FORK at checkout. So you guys know how much we love everything on that website. Use that 35% off for whatever makes you happy. Again, that's 35% off site-wide when you use code FORK. All righty. Thank you, Johnny, for being here with us today. We are always giddy and excited to talk to men about intuitive eating because I feel like you're a unicorn in this space. Um, so thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. It's great. You're welcome. All right. So we want to jump in with our initial question that we ask every single guest that comes onto the podcast. If you've listened, you know what's coming. Um, we want to know what has been your most recent, what the actual fork moment. So something that you've read, something that someone said to you, maybe a DM or a comment you got on Instagram, something that has stopped you in your tracks to say, what the actual fork is this garbage? So my most recent one will have been listening to uh, Dr. Asher's 
podcast that they did recently with the Anti-Diet Club podcast, and they were talking about WeGovi and weight loss injections in general. And for me, that was the first time I had heard a lot of the research from the anti-diet intuitive eating haze stance and some of the lack of research and and also the, the the ways that it's kind of been pushed through so quickly with so little time it, it was just a what the actual fork moment for me because it's just so prevalent of everybody wanting to fix fatness as the main driver and it just shows again how biased both your healthcare and our healthcare is in fighting this epidemic and it's just been blowing my mind a lot of the stuff that I've then been reading and going into from listening to that. Are these medications available, not available, not popular where you are? The Wegovi was going to come across uh, via a high street pharmacist Hmm. um, and it hasn't as of yet, but there was a lot of news coverage that it would do and it hasn't yet, but it was through one of the main high street pharmacists that you could just go online type in your weight age and it would spit out your BMI and then through that you could get a prescription for it hasn't happened yet but the main one that's in our circulation at the moment is Saxenda but Mm. they are they are very much there I've had consultations with several people recently who have been working with the NHS for different reasons and then were just blanketly prescribed that or surgery and they were like can you just please give me some health care Oh, thank you for bringing that up. I I had, I was going to make it my, what the actual fork moment in our intro of this podcast. So might as well just do bring it, it up now. <laughs> well, it's very similar to what you're saying, Johnny. I had a client or not a client, excuse me. I had a, a person in our online community that I've never met DM me last night saying they were at their annual physical and all of their blood work had come back completely normal. Everything was in normal range. They feel great. They're healthy. And their doctor looked at them and was like, we need to get this BMI down. You are air quotes overweight. I'm writing you a prescription for Ozempic. And she was like, thank you so much for like advocating on this and educating on this because I looked right back at him and was like, why do I need this medication? I don't. Mm. And was able to advocate for herself. But she's like, if I wasn't educated in this, I would have been like, oh, okay, I need this medication. My doctor is telling me that I need to air quote fix my Mm. fatness, right? And so it is so scary to think about how many people this, how many innocent people that just don't know better that this is going to impact. Because we know that weight stigma is a huge issue in medical care, but then this is just like a whole nother layer that Mm. I don't know if I'm ready to, I mean, we have to be ready for it because we're providers, but mm. it's just, it's, it's crazy. So mm. thank you for bringing light to that. Yeah, it is, it is ridiculous. It's horrific, really. Um, and it, it makes me really sad and mad in equal measures, as I know it does you both, because I watch a lot of your content and hear you talking about it all the time. But it's just such a horrific thing when people are coming to me in tears after having experiences like that as well because it's all the reinforcement of the anti-fat bias and the personal responsibility shame and this is something wrong with you that you need to fix and I've, I've got a client who joined me recently who works in the NHS as well and for her it was a it was a big thing we had a, a few calls over in terms of her body and 
how she just genuinely feels stigmatized in her own workplace and and we're working together now and, and she's coming to terms with a lot of things and I said you're actually in a position where in, at least in your hospital you could actually be a voice you know an advocate and and educate against anti-fat bias and weight stigma and, and be a real sort of force of change so at least I think with enough people on the individual level then hopefully things could could shift but it's like fighting years and years of uh, government policies that are just based on bunk so we can only pray and i don't want to eat up all of our time talking about this because i know we have a lot to no, talk about we could. but because we definitely <laughs> could but one of the things that you said that like really just stuck out to me because my husband and i actually had this conversation we saw a commercial recently and like you know in all medication commercials they like list off the side effects right like super fast at the end but the way that you just said it like fixing quote unquote our bodies being the only priority but like Mm -hmm. creating all of these comorbidities really just from this Mm. quote unquote fixing of Mm. somebody's size is just Mm. wild to me and it seems like very I don't even know what the right word what the right legal term would be to say on our podcast here but it just seems very it's very scary um, because the implications are like, okay, now I might look different, but I feel like absolute shit. I'm shitting my pants mm. constantly because I've heard that that's like a newer side effect of like IBS, yes. but to the extreme, right? You're yeah, super yeah. uncomfortable. You can't be out in public. You can't travel. You can't do all of these things. And this may not be true for everyone. Let's disclaimer that before someone comes for me. Um, but, you know, the truth is, is that we're creating all of these other implications that are impacting quality of life in a different way let's say yeah um and it's just it's very it's it's a huge conversation <laughs> it, it is but and and, and uh, we'll, we'll move on obviously as, as you guys want to and when you want to based on the time we have but so I was working with a male client of mine who was um originally sort of referred to me because he'd struggled with his weight for a lot lot of years he'd worked with different nutritionists in my sort of like former space and and we kind of had a a good chat about things and I even said look I'm I am moving this was about eight or nine months ago because he even came to me and he was like I don't have the money to work with you right now but why don't you work with me for free and I'll be like a transformation for you that you can use for your services and I was like I don't do that because I don't I don't work in that way and I said from what you're telling me you know you've done loads of different diets it sounds like you've got a pretty shitty relationship with food and a pretty shitty relationship with yourself so why don't we work on that I was like why don't we work on your hunger your appetite your emotional eating your stress eating he was a business owner traveled loads I was like why don't we work on getting you feeling more comfortable with that but all throughout our process he couldn't really come to terms with that and and started taking Saxenda without me knowing at first and then kind of came came to a consultation with it and said I've been losing loads of weight I feel great but the thing is is that we started talking about the longevity of this and he was like right I'm going to start coming off of it because I'm traveling for a while for work and it doesn't travel well because you need to refrigerate it I'm going to be in all these hotels without fridges and the thing is is that because we hadn't really done a lot of work on the on the relationship with food side there was then a ton of travel ton of stress no Saxenda so he, in his own words, he was eating loads of shit food. So, you know, he still hadn't made peace with food and he regained a lot of the weight. And then because he's a guy, 
and and we'll go into that like because he's been born male and he's a straight male there's so much personal responsibility shame for men because we can lose weight quite quickly by doing extreme things so when we put it back on that personal responsibility narrative is even worse and not to mention that everybody was saying how good he looked and how great he looked and how he's doing so much for his health and he's got a small boy and he's going to be there for his boy all of these horrible narratives that he felt so guilty that we had a consultation again the other other week and he's like yeah i'm back on the sack sender and it's just i sent him that podcast that asher did because i was like I, I need you to kind of listen to this and see what the real sides effects of these are the longevity of them the fact that they're not going to work long term and we're going to have to have a real conversation about what your life looks like really because of the making peace with food and body and how that's more the play than trying to change it and it can be really difficult to get through to straight white men about this kind of thing that thank you for sharing that with us and i think that is Oh, it's just so heartbreaking to hear because as we know, as providers, we can't make people see what we see, right? Like we can provide information, we can provide research, we can talk about making peace with food and and all of the things, but we can't do it for our clients. Um, And they obviously get to decide if if it's something they want to, to do. So I would love for you to share a little bit more, you know, just from your own lived experience as a man, you know, with intuitive eating and what do you think for that client specifically? To me, what I'm hearing is he had so much of that external validation once the weight, once his body was changing that he Mm. could not see, he can't even hear the podcast from Asher and and hear that research because that doesn't matter. What matters is the external validation. So do you see that yeah. with more of your male clients that that external validation is fueling that? Or what does that look like for you or your clients? Yeah. So my experiences with it, Sam, is, is as you said, right, it's with a lot of um, people who were born as male who are straight, there is a very kind of personality type of the driven, hardworking emotionally lacking not lacking not as emotional individual right they're they're kind of like the men don't cry kind of generation of that's what their parenthood probably was and then they'll go into very successful careers and it's all very much external achievement hard work get a good job and the attitude of thinness comes with that in their minds and as a lad there is so much weight stigma that's just brushed off as banter we're just having a laugh it's just a joke but if if so growing up for example I experienced it a bit if I was to make fun of someone's height or size of their nose or whatever it was like that was totally not okay of course it wasn't but I was just hitting back with that sort of similar how that felt and so when you're working with men in this arena as well there's a big thing of just tell me what to do or I know what to do because I just need to stop eating shit. I need to start exercising again because I'm just being a lazy bastard. And I need to do intermittent fasting again because that that worked for me last time. It's like that worked for me last time is a big one. And with men, there's not so much of a vibe of dieting. They wouldn't call themselves a yo-yo dieter. Even if you said, how many times have you lost and regained the weight? It would be, oh, well, that's just because I'm either on it or I'm off it. Or I'm either doing a science-based eating protocol or I'm being a lazy bastard. And you have to break through that. 
it's very difficult to talk to them about self-compassion because you say, well, okay, it sounds like you're being quite critical here. Tell me, what would you say to a friend who kind of came up to you and said these things? And you're like, I'd probably call them a lazy fat bastard. And you're like, mm, okay, let's try another angle. It's... <laughs> It's it's really difficult. It's to get so across. true though, because I have a few different <laughs> men that are in my life that I'm like, wait, I'm sending them this podcast immediately. So like, <laughs> how do you get through to them? Because I think about how we work with females, and they're like, I would never say that to a loved one, but a man's like, yeah. no, I would fucking tell him he's this. I tell him how it is. I tell him yeah. how it is. That's the that's the attitude. It's like I tell them how it is because you just got to be honest. You just got to be straight with people, and you're like, um, no. Uh, yes, you have to be honest, but this is not honesty. And it's there's just so much re-education to get there in terms of... And, and I needed it. We haven't even gone into my background. Right, we haven't like, even introduced I, you. Yeah, yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm We've Johnny been Lundles. busy. Uh, yeah. And before been... we do that, though, I mean, just to like couple onto what you're saying. And again, I say this all the time. This will probably be the episode my husband listens to, but he doesn't listen to this episode, so I can use him as an example. But like, <laughs> he is the perfect example of a human being that you know, claims, quote unquote, to have a very healthy relationship with food because he eats, you know, the foods he wants when he wants them. But I watch Mm -hmm. him and like, even if he's not hungry, you know, I'm just going to use him as an example. Like he will show some like binge eating type tendencies where like something's in front of him. He has to eat it, quote unquote, but claims to have a great relationship with food. So my point, and I like, I'm not his dietitian, I'm his wife. So like, I'll say Mm. things, but I don't like push too hard. If he wants the help, he'll ask me for it. Um, Mm. But my question to you is, is like, do you find that men have a harder time as a general statement, really understanding what a relationship with food actually means? Because like, men that I've worked with in the past would be very similar to my husband in the way where it's like, well, it's fine because I also blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah. I find that they don't really grasp the concept in the same mm. way because of what Sam just said also. Mm, yeah. So I was really lucky to have um, a male client while I was doing a lot of my transitioning away from diet culture to more intuitive eating and we worked a lot on his attitude and mindset and relationship with food and his relationship with himself and he was the classic male like I was in terms of it was all or nothing it was calories or it wasn't or he only went the only time he went to a slimming club was with his wife and he was like you know fuck that I cannot stay there for more than a week and that's the thing guys don't go to slimming clubs we just don't it just doesn't resonate with us at all unless we're dragged there by our partners which I never have been um but so he was really good for me because we were chatting a lot about yo-yo dieting and relationship with food and we we're quite similar in our personality profiles really in that regard but we chatted a lot about how really in our former selves we might not have resonated with the word diet might not have resonated with the word relationship with food but if you he was it was he only came to me because I did a seminar at my friend's gym about like fitspiration actually being disordered eating and then that's when he kind of came aware of my work and um we then chatted about different language to use you know talk about science-based protocols that are all or nothing talk about your mindset around food instead or your attitude with food rather than relationship with food talk about that inability to say no to more than one beer or more than one slice of pizza or if you're always eating all of your mates leftovers and you're seen as the guy that like does that and it's it's using a lot of that language to then get through to 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 um men like me 
and then but then the re-education piece around the health weight personal responsibility scenario sorry is really difficult and sam you and i chatted about on my podcast about the way that you look is inadvertently sending a message to people no matter how often you say like don't you know i'm very i'm very privileged um i have a straight size body uh, i this is my set point blah 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 and I put on weight when I healed my attitude to food and I talk about that a lot and I talk a lot about body image and how it was difficult for me because I used to be so obsessed with aesthetics because of the weight stigma I achieved as a child and all of the rest of the things that happened in my my young adulthood but I gained some weight when I healed my relationship with food and I've stayed stable since so I'm still in a men's large t-shirt I'm very privileged that I have I had a very long history of sport but my dad was a stocky guy my granddad was a stocky guy he was a blacksmith so i'm quite muscular and put on muscle quite easily and i think inadvertently some men might see me and go hey if i can heal my relationship with food and be jacked or like you know then that's great maybe i'll lose weight healing my relationship with food because nothing else has worked for me and that's a difficult conversation because it's like you've got to take that out of the picture Otherwise, you're always going to be doing things like intermittent fasting, binging, restricting, and all of these things that don't serve you because you're so focused on the outcome rather than the process of actually healing your relationship or your mindset and attitude toward food. All right, Jenna, last week I had a lot of travel. I was two days in New York. I know, two days in New York, which I got to hug you, which was amazing. And then touched down in Florida and then turn around, went right back to Denver for the Eras tour, which was insane. Um, but what I did do while traveling is bring my Blissey pillowcase with me, which was amazing, and my Blissey pillow mist. And the reason why is because when you're traveling, I was in a hotel, then I was home for a night, then I was in my friend's uh, condo, which they let us stay in. You just like to have your own pillowcase, you know? It just it's it's a lot nicer, especially going on national TV. It was nice to have one that was. That was soft on the hair, to say the least. But I also liked my pillow mist because the lavender and the eucalyptus smells divine. So wait, is this your secret to good hair? Because your girl over here has the frizzy hair. Yours is always nice and shiny. Is it the blissy pillowcases? I guess we'll never know. Well, on that same note, honestly, there are a few reasons why I am loving my blissy silk pillowcases as well. I am currently pregnant. You guys all know that they help with temperature regulation because they have naturally insulating properties so that if you sweat like me at nighttime, um, Blissey is for you. (laughs) It helps you stay cool throughout the night. So you're not consistently waking up or sweating around your neck or flopping your pillow to the cooler side, which, you know, I mean, the cold side of the pillow is always my favorite, especially when I'm sleeping at my mom's house, which I do often in the summer. Her house tends to get a little bit warm and it's also really bright. So I'm loving that I can also bring my eye mask that's also silk with me um, to block out that light and keep my face cool at the same time. Uh, Another thing that I absolutely love about these pillowcases is that they're also so good for your hair. Um, It does reduce frizz, which Sam is beautifully modeling for us right now. And that helps decrease tangle and prevent breakage, which is incredible because again, they are silk. Last but not least, it is washable and also hypoallergenic. 
Blissey silk pillowcases are the best silk pillowcases on the market. They have a ton of different prints and colors too, and they make great gifts because there's an option for literally anyone. Men love them too. They have over 1.5 million raving fans, and you could be the next. So you can try now risk-free for 60 nights at blissey.com forward slash fork and get an additional 30% off. That's B-L-I-S-S-Y dot com slash fork and use code fork to get an additional 30% off sleep cooler this summer with blissey now before i let you say anything else can you tell us who you are <laughs> who i am i'm just some guy on the internet that shit posts and triggers all of his old friends i no, swear um, that sam and i are, are professionals here but we just worked so into this conversation we're like 26 minutes in and now we're going to introduce our guest for the day <laughs> Yeah. So, so Johnny, so tell yes. us a little more about yourself, how you came to be the, in this space, that transition that you just really briefly chatted about, how that came mm-hmm. to be, um, and anything else you want to share with us about what it is that you're doing on the internet. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, the shit posting is true. I've I've become very loose with my content in terms of just putting out what I think at the time rather than to try and make it perfectly curated and that's also like my middle finger to diet culture and the whole like everything has to like look perfect or be at the perfect time or all that other bullshit that marketing people try to tell you that's just so horrific it's untrue but anyway so I'm a 32 year old anti-diet and hazel-lined intuitive eating coach who works with both men and women and all genders in between on healing their relationship with food and body and breaking free from food and body obsession and I do that and I'm so passionate for that because I spent years of my life obsessed with food and my body and didn't even know it right because it was just praised as health so to take you back to where it all began as a teenager my parents were in larger bodies they were people who owned their own business so they were very stressed worked very hard spent a lot of time working and not a lot of time moving and and also my dad was was a bigger bloke my mum spent her entire life hating her body and doing all of these different diets and so her weight cycled up and down all the time my mum set point wise is actually quite a straight sized person really but spent her entire young adulthood hating her body as so many women do when my dad unfortunately passed away from a heart attack when i was 16 a lot of my anti fat bias was reinforced because it was like man he had a heart attack that's a disease that that's that's a fatness disease that's because he was a bigger bloke so gotta get healthy and as a result of that uh, I'd never really been into the gym or fitness I just played rugby my entire secondary school life um wasn't I wasn't actually in a larger body as a teen and I'm not as I said like I'm a I wear size large men but I felt like I was just because I was fatter than my peers effectively and, and had a lot of that bullying in rugby and and school so I bought a men's health subscription at 16 and that started the whole rock hard pecs lean abs bulging biceps this is what women want you know get the biceps that make the women drool or whatever the terrible headlines are was all kind of reinforced and and that was a big thing for me confidence wise was my body and and I did think uh, okay if I sort myself out I'll be attractive I'll be all of these things and so as I go through university I'm weights fluctuating up and down doing different exercise regimes rugby normal bodybuilding workouts crossfit I then fall into 
And after I do my master's in musical theater, of all things, I actually find myself moving to London and working at a CrossFit gym because I think I can get a job there. I've, I love CrossFit and that'll be uh, flexible enough for me to be an actor. I end up getting a full-time job at this CrossFit gym. Musical theater career goes down the toilet for multiple different reasons. But I'm into this CrossFit career now and I'm like, right, let's get competitive at CrossFit. And I fall into the pattern of training twice a day and being so obsessed with being lean because I'm associating leanness now with um, this pinnacle of performance. And I'd had a brief stint of working in a shop in Wales when I was studying there for my musical theatre that was a bodybuilding shop. So the guy who owned the shop worked with bodybuilding competitors. So, oh man, imagine the kind of lean ideal set into me there, like fat burners, whey protein powders, all of the things. I even did a diet plan from this owner that I then took with me when I moved to London. So I was like cooking all of my meals into Tupperware, eating six or seven times a day, same thing through the week, and then just binging like crazy on the weekend and all of the foods that I wasn't allowing myself on the week and just calling it a cheat day or a cheat weekend. In around 2015, I realized that I've not got the body I wanted. I'm binging all the time. And an old rugby friend of mine starts posting about flexible dieting posting all of these transformation photos about how you can eat what you want and get shredded, but it's because you got to hit your calories. So I signed up to work with him, of course. And within the next the six months that followed, I got leaner than I have ever been, right? Like so lean that when I look back at pictures now, you can see rib cage, you can see like my jaw and my cheekbones, like more defined than ever. And for me, it was never enough because I was focused on trying to get below 85 kilos. And I got so obsessed with calorie counting that it just became my diet. If I went over my calories, I'd binge. If I would turn down social events with lads from the gym because I didn't have enough calories left, I turned down dinner with my girlfriend at the time because I didn't have calories left, like just really like anti-social shit. But that was also when Next Step Nutrition was born, which is the company that I have now. Because I thought to myself, hey, I have fixed my fatness. I'm going to help other people do the same thing. I'm going to help people who come to our CrossFit gym with their nutrition. I'm going to earn some money on the side and do that. And that's the stance I held then for five years, pretty much, was like macro coaching, trying to help people lose fat. I was the guy that used to be fat, but now I'm not. Through those five years, weight cycling like crazy, but not telling people about it. Right. I was just using my old before and afters, using client before and afters, showcasing these things and just saying, yeah, you know, like when I'm on it, I'm lean. But I was so obsessed with trying to stay lean and I had to go back to calorie counting or I had to go to intermittent fasting. And I did a couple of nutrition certifications around these years that just reinforced those messagings and those behaviors. And even now, looking back, one of my nutrition certifications, which is actually now um, it's got the same accreditation as a foundation degree. That was created by a former male bodybuilder. So like all of the content was like, here's how you work out someone's calories. And like, here's how you do a fat loss diet properly. And here's how you make sure they don't hit plateaus. And here's how you do diet breaks and refeeds. And and um, there was a whole module on eating disorders, but it was like, yeah, it's a really specific pathology. You've got to have all of these things. And you, it's not it's not inside your scope. So if you notice these things, just refer it on. There was nothing about the gateway behavior that is disordered eating and the parallels between them. 
So I didn't know that disordered eating was a thing until 2020. So 2020, we're mid pandemic. My mental health is through the floor because as you can probably tell, I'm quite extroverted. So a pandemic was proper shite for me. I also went through a huge career change with leaving a CrossFit coaching career and going fully self-employed. So I was like fully self-employed, never seeing anyone and also pandemic. So I was like, wow, like what a kick to the balls that is. And I'm struggling with my mental health and I'm also not getting any long-term results with clients, right? My clients are like losing weight and then plateauing and then regaining or, and they're dropping off. And I'm like, why is nobody getting results? I'm feeling like a pretty shitty coach here. So I decided to do a coaching certification that was about being a coach. It was all about how to work with clients, how to be client centered, how to listen better, communicate effectively. There was loads on motivational interviewing, uh, empathetic listening. And within that course was a whole module on disordered eating. And it said, just by the way, might be some behaviors here that you get triggered by because it's very common for fitness professionals to have high levels of disordered eating. And I was like, I bet I'm fine. I was not fine. It was like, bang, 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 bang. I was like, oh my God, I resonate with all of these things. And for me, that was then a huge, that was the shifting point to be like, something's wrong here. There's something wrong with the way that I'm working with people. There's something wrong with the thing that I'm doing for myself. But as I spoke to you about Sam, about kind of towing the line, I still sort of thought, well, if I fix my relationship with food and I get out of the disordered eating tendencies, maybe I'll find a neutral place where my body will start to lose weight because I won't be binging all the time and restricting and I'll have a better relationship with food. And that hasn't been the case long-term. But that kicked off the three-year journey for me to start looking into intuitive eating. And through intuitive eating, I then found Health at Every Size and read those books multiple times over, read the research associated with those books. Because for me as well, when you've spent that many years being an anti-fat biased personal trainer, you've got to be damn sure before you switch your entire messaging over. And it was a, it was a very step-by-step -step approach starting to talk about disordered eating, started to talk about intuitive eating, started to, and, and still there was like fat loss elements there. And it wasn't until I'd say maybe February where I was like fully, where I could tell you I was fully haze aligned. It took that long. And now when people say to me, do you work with weight loss? I'm like, no, I, I will work with your relationship with food and your relationship with yourself. And I will help you, you know, end the obsession so that your body will sit where it sits and that will fluctuate through your life as it's supposed to based on the seasons, based on what's going on with your life, what your priorities are and help you live life according to your values because that is the key thing. So that wasn't short at all, but hopefully that gives you some scope as to who I am <laughs> and uh, why, uh, why it's so passionate for me now. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. And I think it's so, so many of us as professionals who have been diet culture centered and now have shifted into this space. You right here. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, all three of us, it takes years of yeah. being in a state of cognitive dissonance, like the logic and the belief systems are challenging each other. 
the splinter assing of, okay, I'm going to keep one foot in diet culture. I'm going to put one foot in intuitive eating. And like, maybe I can be more morally or ethically sound here. And then it's like, oh, fuck, no, can't do that. No, no. Um, you learn that real quick or maybe not real yeah. quick. It takes some time to be like, oh my gosh, not only am I harming people, but this is just does not feel aligned for me. And this, I can't keep doing this. Mm. Um, one thing I'm so interested to, to ask you, does with your, if, if are the majority of your clients male, first of all, I would, I would assume yes, but maybe not. It's 50, 50. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So with your male clients or even with your female clients, does, does patriarchy come up at all? Or like this, the way that, because I think of when you were talking about like a straight man before in that kind of CEO mentality of like, I'm on, I I have the power, you know, I'm mm. at the top of this system. Finn is best. Like, mm. do you, do, do you ever unpack patriarchy with men or any of your clients or does that ever come up in conversation? It's quite difficult because it's more about, um, it's difficult to challenge things unless it's brought up because I've tried to um, speak about certain things in the past. And even if you, so if you touch on the toes of even the belief of thinness is best, if they're not quite there or like, so why do you want to do more walking? Let's talk about that. And they're like, Oh, because I want to be like, okay. Like <laughs> we've stepped on that too quickly. Do you see what I mean? And it's, yeah, it's it's very difficult then and and actually there is one client who's male who I work with a, lo- a load on it actually and and that's purely because he's um he's he's actually based in Colorado um and and is born and bred American we met actually because he went to my gym in Leeds mm-hmm. when I was a CrossFit coach in Leeds and then mm-hmm. he moved back over to the states but this is the thing Sam is that he worked with me when I was a fat loss PT so he was actually someone who worked with me as a fat loss PT and he lost a lot of weight and then i i would kind of follow up with him um periodically after he left and and then especially like i kept following up with him after i was learning a load about all of this because i was checking in with him to see if he was okay like making sure i hadn't passed over any disordered behaviors because that was a real thing for me of shit the bed i could have like fucked up a load of people's relationship with food with a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. i did when i was younger and interestingly enough he actually got back in touch and was like i've been seeing a lot of your content i really want to have a call with you and he was feeling a lot of shame because he'd started to put a lot of the weight back on. And I was like, which we, we know is why, normal, right? Which we can like, know is normal. But, and, yeah. and he wasn't doing anything differently than when we were working together in terms of his increased activity and, 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 and his lifestyle is really different now in Colorado with the outdoors, hiking, all of the, these great things. So anyway, we started working together again and he's, he's just very, very well read around um, biases and things like that. He's a really big trans activist and gay rights mm-hmm. activist and he he's a he's a biker guy and like has a load of like biker mates and so he says he calls out a lot of his mates against their you know anti-gay yeah. bullshit and all the rest of it but and and so we have those kind of chats but it's really interesting with him how it's um he's almost the most anti-fat biased person he knows mm-hmm. and and he's like i need to unpick that because that's clearly been bred into me from the weight stigma he's felt and the shame that he's felt through it all, because he will then think about that about other people. Mm-hmm. And then he'll think like, damn, like where's that thought come from? So it's, yeah. he's, he's of that level to kind of have that chat. Whereas then with other people, it's it's so interesting, Sam, because it's like our content, I think does a lot more of the talking than we do in consultations. 
And then a client will come into our sessions and be like, oh, hey, like I saw this post that you did and that email that you wrote, and I really enjoyed that. I really thought that we could like discuss it. Whereas if it was just said in a consultation, it might not even have been in their awareness sphere. That's such a, such a good point. Um, thank you for sharing that. I have one more question and then Jenna, I'll hand it over to you because I don't want to steal the mic today. I have so many things I want to talk about, but I see a lot of, I'm going to go like the TikTok fit talk bros that have, you know, their 12 pack of abs and they're telling you what to eat. Like we all see those gym bros that exist. <laughs> I they find... now also always have beards. Just saying. Okay. Apparently they have <laughs> facial hair too. Or like, yeah, handle, handlebar mustaches or something yes. crazy. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like I've seen a lot of these, maybe, maybe they're too disordered where now they don't touch alcohol, but maybe more in the past, like these were the kind of people that are like, you can't eat sugar, right? You can't eat sweets, but then you'll see their Instagram story and they're like at the club with like bottle service till, you know, 4am or whatever. So how do you, do you notice, maybe you don't notice a difference between male or female clients, but I would love for you to touch on like, again, I think it comes back to like, are they ready to discuss this? But when they have such profound beliefs about Mm -hmm. carbs, which are our number one source of energy being Mm -hmm. bad, heavy air quotes, Mm -hmm. but then alcohol because of like, you know, alcohol is tied to success and celebrating and partying and fun and sexiness. Like alcohol is looked at as air quotes, good or okay. Do Mm. you see that with men more than women? Do you see that in practice? How do you approach that conversation? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because when I was so focused on fat loss, it was more of a conversation because people would be asking me like, I really love to drink. So how do I do that and still lose weight? And and then that was like a key content pillar, disgustingly, of like, well, let's like normalize trying to get lean and still yeah, binge let's drink. Figure out how you well, can let's it. figure out how <laughs> to hack the system. <laughs> like Oh my what? god, same. That uh, was uh, uh, all of my college uh, career. Yeah, well, because it's a it, I, I'm a rugby guy, right? And and so the binge drinking that was in rugby culture and and rugby lad culture and and I was a private school rugby lad as well. So like loads of just like binge drinking party-esque, like random masculine fighting type thing in our culture. Um, and interestingly, so though, Sam, when I, when I start working with people, it's with alcohol, um, sometimes they've just completely sworn it off because it's like, a, oh, well, I can't just have one. And you think, oh, that's interesting because then it's similar to the way that they view certain foods. And you start to have that conversation of, is that the cognitive distortion? You know, the, the story you're telling yourself about that that kind of substance, just like it is with food and, and talking about the differences between enjoying a nice glass of wine with dinner or with your partner and, and really savoring the taste versus just binge drinking with your mates and, and never being able to have just one and the peer pressure that's kind of associated with that. Luckily, I've never worked with someone who still believes that oh, sugar is going to kill you, but I'm just going to go and down 10, you know, 10 pints on a weekend. But those people do exist. And I, I troll them all the time in my kind of toxic fitness coach memes because it's just ridiculous. 
I saw a post recently where I, somebody was picking apart someone's Instagram page where they were talking or like a story where they were talking about how they like do coffee enemas and they're like so clean and they don't do blah, blah, blah. And like on the table, this person like zoomed in. They're like, they're fucking drinking bottles of wine and liquor. And they're talking about not putting toxins in their body. Like this is a no toxin. <laughs> like, well, it, it could have so been paleo wild. wine. It, hey, it could have been paleo wine. <laughs> Right. And everybody knows that tequila is paleo, Jenna. So, right, 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 right. That's a good point. Well, I know we're running close to the end of our episode here, and I'm trying to decide which of the two questions I'm ask you right now given rapid fire I'm both off rapid fire I have to do a round two but I do want to bring people to I was looking at this while you guys were talking but your pinned post on your Instagram page um that says like feeling fat you know read this I Mm -hmm. absolutely love how you broke down that fat is not a feeling. Um, And Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's something that we've ever actually like said out loud on this podcast before, but it's something I know I say all the time to people and I can speak for Sam, I'm sure um, Mm -hmm. that she says it as well. But in this this episode, in this Instagram post that you have, it's the first pinned one on your page. Um, Mm -hmm. It has feeling fat isn't a, or fat isn't a feeling here. A few things that could be happening. I just think this is so powerful and I would just love rapid fire. If you could just share, you know, a little bit more about that topic. Yeah. It's because for me, when I first learned about that, it was in the same course that introduced me to disordered eating. It was just like mind blowing emoji. I was like, wow. Cause, cause for me, that was always the thing that I said. And I didn't realize that that was so associated my own low image of my body, my low self-compassion. Cause that was another thing that we were tested on as part of this course was self-compassion. It's like, as a guy, I was like, what the hell is self-compassion? Like, what does that even mean? Surely if I'm being nice to myself, I'm just going to be lazy. I'm going to let myself off the hook. It was challenging all of that shit that I'd grown up with. And so for me, I knew that I had to do a post on feeling fat because just so many people talk to me about it, particularly guys. They're like, I feel better when I'm thin. I feel fat at the minute. I feel like I've let myself go. I've got a dad bod, all of that crap. So I, I had to post about it when I learned about it because it was just so key that fat is not a feeling. You might be feeling bloated. You might be feeling large. You might be feeling anxious, stressed. You might have just overeaten because of those uncomfortable emotions and feelings that you actually haven't been given a toolbox to talk about or deal with because you were grown up with the idea that men don't struggle, men don't cry. You need to toughen up and you need to be a leader. And so I just knew that I had to open up the floor of discussion to say, hey, we feel this too. And it's not just because I'm like an emotional guy, because trust me, I've had that bullshit before with like, oh, you're such a sensitive person. And I don't know if you've ever watched um, Scrubs, the sitcom. Yeah, love Scrubs. I know of Absolutely it, but I've it. never watched oh it. Oh my God, my husband and I, I love watched it. that recently. It's, oh, so oh, good. It's so good. It's so, so good. good. So I watched, that grow, I watched that growing up with my brother. Um, and I watched it again recently because all of the episodes are on Disney Plus, I think. Maybe. One of the I'll streaming have, channels. I'll have to look into it. I watched yeah, it, I think, yeah, yeah. on one of, one of the streamings. So that's, yeah. Uh, right. They're associated. Anyway, there's an episode where um, JD, who's the main guy, is being taken the mick out of by his best friend, Turk, because he's like, you're such a sensi. And he's like, you know this about me, Turk. I am a sensi. And then he's like <laughs> going on about how sensitive he is. And my brother and I would kind of joke, because my brother's a bit older than me, and he's like, you're JD. Like, you're a sensi. And that was a kind of thing in even our household. My brother and I are very close. We've got a good relationship. But 
it was just interesting. So I knew I had to bring feeling fat into the fold for guys yeah. because it's like you, there's there's descriptive language here for what you're feeling and you just need to get better at knowing and regulating your emotions. Yeah, being able to express it. And I, I love number mm. five out of 10, which was you feel anxious and it says funnily enough, stress and anxiety can manifest as feeling quote unquote, bigger or quote unquote, uncomfortable. And I think that's just something that is just not talked about enough and how stress and trauma and discomfort like manifest in our bodies and just the way that we're feeling and also how they disrupt our bodily processes too, right? Like that could be your stress is impacting your digestion and you're feeling uncomfortable Mm. because you're no longer in rest and digest mode while you eat and you can't go to the bathroom, right? Like there are so many like scientific things that like could be happening, but nobody wants to address that. Um, So that was amazing. I think that wraps this up really, really nicely. This was such an impactful episode. Um, So Johnny, can you tell our audience where they can find you, where they can reach out to you um, or anything else that you want to share with them? Yeah, I mean, I have my own podcast, which is called Beyond the Mirror. So I talk a lot about disordered eating and body image. And I've actually luckily had like quite a few guys on there as guests, which is really cool um so definitely go and check that out sam was a guest uh recently to talk about her journey as well and then the best place is instagram you know i just as i said i just shit post now i'm just like write a tweet post it out and just like trigger someone else let's go and i'm yeah but that's where you can find me and i'm i'm not famous so i'll answer my dms if people want to get in touch with me it's fine we are not famous either and we're gonna we're gonna steal no I, that wasn't that wasn't a shot at you at i know all. i know it wasn't but i'm just like agreeing with you um also we're gonna steal the term shit post because jenna oh, and i talk so about good. all the time how like you can plan and prep and like try to perfect uh, a piece of content and then you're like oh three people viewed it great and then yeah. when you just finally say what you fucking want to say then that's like usually what goes best so we will so, be stealing uh, that yeah, I've got a meme coming out, um, which is like, do you remember the meme template that was the guy from Narcos in like three different positions, like looking really sad? Yes. Yeah, so I've stood in those exact three positions. And then I've got a meme that's like, when you realize how many years you lost a diet culture just for it to all be pointless shite. And I I'm love like, it. That's, that's being posted uh, literally after this. So Well, go. we will have to share that and let people know <laughs> that we we interviewed you. Uh, well, thank you so much, Johnny. Um, I have a feeling this this episode is going to help so many people. So thanks for being here today. Hey, thanks so much for having me on and, and for giving me so much of the floor. I just feel like it was just so fun. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. So if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all of your friends and faves, and don't forget to rate and review and let us know what you want to hear more of. The more we hear from you, the more that we can make these episodes exactly what you want. We would also love to connect with you on Instagram at whattheactualforkpod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for more fun. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait.
Auto Trader.